Becky's going to come and speak to us uh, in a couple of minutes, but she's asked if uh, I could just read a couple of uh, passages of scripture that she's going to be using uh, as part of her, her message to us. Um, so if you'd like to turn, first of all, to uh, Genesis chapter 1, please, and starting in verse 26, the words will be up on the screen. Genesis chapter 1, verse 26. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea and of the birds of the air, over the livestock, over all the earth, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And then turning ahead to uh, Luke chapter 15 and one of Jesus' parables. The parable of the lost coin. Luke chapter 15, starting at verse 8. Or suppose a woman has ten silver coins and loses one. Does she not light a lamp, sweep the house, and search carefully until she finds it? And when she finds it, she calls her friends and neighbors together and says, Rejoice with me, I found my lost coin. In the same way, I tell you, There's rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Amen. Becky. Welcome, Becky. Let's pray for you as uh, you come to prepare to bring us God's word. Heavenly Father, I do thank you so much for Becky and uh, the work of Tear Fund. Holy Spirit, we just invite you now to speak through Becky, speak to us, open your scriptures up to us, open our eyes to what's going on in the world around us. Lord, would you give Becky the words to say now, that your name will be glorified. In Jesus' name we ask this. Amen. Amen. Excuse me. Isn't it annoying when you've been preparing for a talk for a few months, really, and then during the worship beforehand, God whacks you and goes, "Eh, sorry, love, Um, I want you to say something slightly different. really annoys me. (laughs) Um, So we're going to go for this. So my name is Becky. It's great to be with you. I am actually a little bit of a limb fan. So let me tell you why. So, uh, my grandparents used to live on Crouchy Lane, um, on Oak Lawn. Does anyone know that house, Oak Lawn? It's by the farm. So, my childhood summers were spent um, going through the hedge to the farm next door and getting the milk from the cows, and I used to love it. And I used to um, have cornflakes that used to literally have like an inch of cream at the top um and it's one of my favorite memories and it's lovely to be back with you um i even came to i think it was like a summer camp you guys do summer camps don't you 
did you do summer camps? Yeah, so I think I used to come. Um, I think when my grandparents probably got a bit fed up with me chasing cats around or something, I was sent off here. I loved it. So it's really lovely to be back. It's great. And as I've been preparing, one of the things that's um, struck me is when you reminisce about your childhood, for me, it was lovely. Like, I really had a great childhood. I loved it. Um, it was about adventures and all of that lovely stuff. Yet around the world, that's just not the case. In this country, it's not the case. Children just don't, do not have those type of childhoods. Can you remember as a child ever being lost? You're in the supermarket and you've been distracted by the bright coloured cereal packets and the shiny toy inside. And you look to your left and you look to your right and you realise that your mummy and daddy aren't there. Panic starts because you just can't see them. You see a lot of legs but no legs you remember, none that you recognise. So you go to the centre of the aisle, you know, the middle of the supermarket, and you're looking up and down, and then all of a sudden you see those familiar legs, those red trousers. You run towards the red trousers, you wrap your legs, your arms around the legs, and you're like, Daddy! You look up, <laughs> that ain't your daddy, love. <laughs> and all of a sudden you've got this stranger looking down at you going, <laughs> and all eyes fill. Panic is now not, it's there, you're right, you're really nervous and you're looking left and right trying to see anybody you recognise and all of a sudden you hear pop it, pop it and you turn around and you see two people running towards you, one not looking that happy with you and the other one full of love and wrapping you up in their arms and just saying pop it, it's alright, you're all right, you're all better. So that was me, about four and a half years old. My mum was the one that wasn't looking very happy, and my dad was the one that was sweeping me up in in his arms. I'm sure we all have experiences of being lost, or maybe you've lost a child. That last moment, and I hope for the people in this room, it really was moments. But for 1.2 million children... That's half the size of Manchester. That is every year. So 1.2 million children every year are taken and they have no chance of getting home unless someone intervenes. 1.2 million. Earlier on in this week, I was watching the ITV news and, um, you know, the Mediterranean, all of the stuff, the ships at the moment. So there was a ship that the reporter was looking at, and I promise you, it was probably like quarter of the size of this room and it had 400 people on it. You couldn't sit, you had to stand. For four days they'd gone without water, for four days they'd gone without shelter and they were living in their own squalor. Like it was awful. And thankfully they'd been rescued by this offshore aid station. And one of the women shared, she was holding her little girl and the reporter was saying to her, what, like, why are you here? Like, why, why are you here? Like, surely you knew you were going to get in trouble. 
And holding her two children, she said, well, what choice did I have? I die in Syria or I die here. At least I know I can die with my children. She had paid the equivalent of a Mediterranean cruise to get on that ship. The traffickers had promised her an exceptional life. They had promised her work. They'd promised her shelter. They'd promised her the world. They took all of her money and left her to die. Human trafficking is a problem and it's not an easy topic. It's a horrible topic. It's estimated that today up to 27 million people, to put that into context, if it helps, that's the same as the entire population of Uganda, are living in modern day slavery. And it's cheaper to buy a slave now than it was when William Wilberforce was around. It's cheaper I met one girl that was bought for the price of a can of Coke. A can of Coke and a six-year-old was handed over. The problem is with these massive figures and these massive statistics, it it just seems huge. Or am I the only one? It does seem huge, doesn't it? It's just mind-blowing. And the problem is, those most vulnerable are children. They are, they're children. We took Pete Gregg, who's the founder of 24-7 Prayer, out to see some of our work in Cambodia because he had been asking some questions and he wanted to understand why trafficking? Why is trafficking the world's fastest growing crime? Why? So we're going to watch a film. Welcome to Cambodia. I'm here on an adventure with my sons Hudson and Daniel with Tear Fund. And we want to try and track human trafficking in this country and understand its causes. In my country, Cambodia, trafficking is a problem with the children. And they traffic to work in the brothel to work in household and to work in construction. At 15 years old, I was trafficked to work with my two brothers as laborers. I worked for six years without being paid any money. We were forced to work up to 22 hours a day, even when we were sick. I was very tired and worried because two of the people I worked with died from exhaustion. When the traffickers came to the village, I gone to Bangkok to find work. They tricked my sons and my wife and took my boys to Thailand. This was the construction industry. He worked for six years, 21, 22 hours a day. People died building it. and I kind of want to go there and say to someone, do you know this was built on people's blood? These are real places. These are real people. 
I worked so hard. The boss said every year he would pay me, but he never did. I think more and more I'm realizing that obviously trafficking is tr tragic beyond imagination, but actually it's symptomatic. People get trafficked because of poverty. And if we're serious about dealing with human trafficking, we're going to have to go to the root causes of poverty. We're building capacity to the local church on child trafficking awareness and teach the people in the church different skills like sewing and the agriculture. And when they have business, the parents not send children go to work. So building hope to family. Since the church and the self-help group started here, the living conditions are much better than before. Children now go to school and people don't travel to work in Thailand. I have learned to set up a fork farm which has given me enough money to buy a small tractor and bring my sons home. I am so thankful because this work brings people together in the name of Jesus. Tear Fund's partners are doing a brilliant job at addressing not just the symptom but the sickness of poverty itself. These guys are making a difference and for just a few pounds you can be part of the solution. Frankly, for the price of a latte at Starbucks, we can change the world. Why wouldn't you want to do that? ...to you about money, um, and I will ask for money, but don't get distracted by that. Okay, don't now start thinking, oh no, she's going to get to a point in this that she's going to say, can you financially support Tear Fund? I am, because I, I've met those people, and it would be remiss of me to come here and say, walk out the door and not, <clears throat> excuse me, not ask you to respond. But don't get distracted, okay? I will ask, but I'm not asking yet. You'll know when I ask, I promise. Right. Those people are precious. Chan and his brothers, his parents. The worst nightmare of a parent must be to have your children taken and harm intentionally done to them. 22 hours a day. I can't even imagine working that every day. We can't even imagine how terrified Chan must have been. The, the thought that he could die because he was just so tired. The truth is, how much you can buy or sell a human is totally wrong. It's just wrong. But I thank God that we have a faith in a Bible and a God that teaches us something completely different about the value of human life. Our faith teaches us that life is infinitely precious. Right at the very beginning of the Bible that we heard in Genesis chapter 1, in our creation narrative, we see this because it tells us that we are made in God's image. Let us make humankind in our image according to our likeness. You 
are like God. You are like God. There is nothing that anyone can do to take that away from you. You are like God just as much as everybody else is. Every single person, regardless of race, gender, disability, health, (laughs) religious affiliation, age, material wealth, even sexuality, at the centre of their person, they are something like God because they are made in his image. You are made in his image. If we truly believe that, You can no longer treat ourselves or others with contempt. We can no longer have those who are worth and those who are worth less. Those that can be bought and those that can be sold. Because every single person in this world is worthy of respect, dignity, because they are like God. But as we know... Although we had a perfect relationship at the beginning, humankind overreached. It became greedy and it wanted not just to be like God, but to be God. And in the story of the fall with Adam and Eve and the apple, we see the fracturing, the smashing of this perfect relationship between God Humans and the whole of creation, we chose to disobey God. But our God never gives up. He never gives up on us. He sent prophet after prophet to call us back to him. And finally, amen, he sent his son. In Romans 5, 8, it says, God demonstrates his love for us in this. While we were still sinners in that broken relationship with God, Christ died for us. In 1 John 4, 10, it says, this is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as for our atoning sacrifice for our sin. Our God, Jesus Christ, went to the place of greatest need the place of fractured relationship between humankind and Father God. And he became sin for us on the cross so he could reconcile for us and for the whole creation so that we could come back to him. And why would he do that? John three sixteen it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in me shall not perish, but have eternal life. As his beloved and precious, chosen, created and deeply loved children, his intention is to call us home, every single one of us back, into that perfect relationship with him. God loves us so much. And Jesus confirms this in his ministry so compellingly with the stories he tells, like the woman who loses the coin. Think about Chan's father, Sumo, how much he must have searched for his children. For six years, he searched for his children. That's like the lady with the lost coin. She searched day and night, turning her house upside down to find this coin. That's what God does for us. He searches us, for he seeks us out. 
This is what we know in our faith about the value of human life. That every one of us is worth his sacrifice. John, my little boy Noah, Sumo, Chan, even the traffickers. Every one of us needs Jesus. Every one of us is loved with a love so powerful. It breaks through the bondage of sin and it sets us free. Surely with this understanding of how valuable and precious we are to God, surely we as Christians need to act as God's hands and feet on behalf of the most vulnerable and do everything we can to stop this terrible crime of human trafficking. And that's what Tearfund are part of. I am proud and humbled to say that thousands of lives have been changed because of churches like yours. Because what the church does here is equips churches all over the world to support people and engage them in understanding that they are made in the image of God, that they are loved, that they are precious. How freeing would that be for a child that's been trafficked to hear those words? You are loved, you are precious. God is seeking you. I'm going to tell you a story about an egg. A simple egg. A little girl is sat outside a church in Bangladesh. And she sat outside this church. This is the bit that I changed that I wasn't going to say that I am because of you. So, okay. So, um, this girl is sat out this church in Bangladesh. She hears her parents in a seminar that's being run by the local church. And they are being told the story about feeding the 5,000. And they are being told that Jesus asked the question, what do you have? Bread didn't appear out of nowhere. He asked those that were sat listening to him, what do you have in your hand? And fishes and bread came up. And then God was able to do amazing things. The facilitator in this church was saying to the people, what do you have in your hand? What do you have in your hand to transform your life? So... This little girl sat outside listening to this, goes, what do I have? What do I have? She goes home and her parents arrive back from the seminar and she says to them, please could I have one of our eggs? And the little girl's like, the family, uh, okay, that seems a bit, okay, if you want an egg, I'll give you an egg. So they give her an egg. She goes to her neighbour and she says, do you think your hen would sit on my egg? And the the family are like, let's do it, hey, we'll see what can happen. And so she spends the next few weeks gleaning the fields of corn and feeding this hen. So she feeds this hen and this hen sits on this chick this egg quite happily and lo and behold a chick does actually appear 
She then uses that chick to um, to explain to people what she wants to do. And basically what she wants to do is she wants to have chicks that she's able to sell. So she's able to earn money at the market because the market because she wants to go to university. Because she wants to be the best that she can be in her village. So for the next two years, she uses that chick and the hen and they all get to, they all get together, the eggs are laid, the hens are hatched, all of this type of stuff happens. Within two years, she's got enough money to go to university. Within two years, she, through the facilitators of that local church, have enabled and equipped her to go to university. Because she was asked the question, what do you have? And she said, I've got an egg. My question is, what do you have in your hand? What do you have? And I'm not talking about money. I'm not talking about any of that stuff. I'm talking about what do you have that can equip you to do what God wants you to do? Not what someone else can give to you, but what other things have got going on. But what have you got in your hands right now that can change the world? For some of you, that might stir something. And you might be thinking, do you know what? I have got, I, I could do that. Or, oh, maybe, oh, I'm not sure. Tear Fund have got a load of stuff. Okay, and I know, I've spoken to a few of you this morning, you've already got incredible supporters of Tear Fund doing amazing stuff. Um, you can go on trips. You can go on trips as families, okay? You can go on trips and see this work and see it and do something about it because when people go and see our work, they come back and they're just blown away by it. I promise you, Molly will be up here in a year going, guys, this is amazing. I've seen this happen and God's done this. And I was just there. And you go and so often you're like, oh, I can bring so much to this country. I'm sure that's not what you're thinking. But a lot of the time you go thinking, oh, I can do this and we could do this. Do you know what? They blow expectations out of the water. You go and you just, it's amazing. Okay. I'll now get back to where I was going to be. Okay. People have to understand deep in their hearts that they are not rubbish. They have to understand that they are not worthless. They have to understand that they're worth fighting for. That Jesus loves them. He died for them. And that they are infinitely precious to him. That they have hope. They have a future. And that's what's more is that their local church and their community can support them, can train them to go on a journey for them to help themselves, for them to find their egg. This is what Tearfund does. And it's because we work at the root cause of poverty, the source of that sickness, that we are moving whole communities to a place where they no longer feel worthless. They're no longer desperate. They're no longer vulnerable. We build community resilience 
And I thank God for Chan's family who have started um, a mobile system in their community. So when they see a trafficker in the area, an emergency call is gone. And then all of a sudden this network of people know these guys aren't to be trusted. And let me tell you, people, it's not just people coming up and snatching them. It's people coming with brochures, just like a holiday brochure, saying, hey, look at this amazing life I can offer you. It's a glossy, okay? It's a glossy take on, hey, come and do this. I'll get you work in this hotel. They are fed lies. And they listen because they are desperate. And what Tear Fund does is we train them. We say, guys... This is, you need to be aware of trafficking. You need to be aware of the traffickers that are going to come in and they're going to be deceitful and they're going to try and fill your lives with hope. Don't listen to them. Don't send your children away with them. We give them the skills and the equipment that they need to start their own business, to start their own stuff. So agriculture, so the frog farm, that's food for them. That's food, so they no longer need to go hungry. So they have the frogs, and often it's cooked with rice, and that's what they eat. So frog equals food to them. Chick equals food. But not just that. They sell them, and they've got this industry going, so that they no longer are vulnerable to traffickers because there's no longer a need to sell them because they've been given back a choice. Do you remember that figure I said earlier, the 1.2 million? It's one child taken every 30 seconds. Okay, this is hard to swallow. But this is the same as all of the children that were at the front not coming back into this room just in the time that they've been out. All of the children that are in this church, gone. It's the same as in one week, every primary school in Lim being empty. Just one week. That has to stop. It has to stop. Tear Fund will always rescue. We will always rescue. But our thing, and I hope this picture is helpful to you. If you've got children playing on a cliff... Do you put an ambulance at the bottom or do you build a fence to stop them falling off? Tear Fund will always have the ambulance. The ambulance will always be there. We will always go and rescue these people. But we believe that they are made in God's image. We believe that they are precious and we want to protect them. So we want to build the fence. And the tools that you need to help us achieve that, are in your handbags. They're in your back pocket. There's a pen. That's all I need. So this is the bit that I do ask you for money. So for £12 a month, four children can be protected in one year. That equates to a... Costa cinnamon latte once a week. If just four people this morning chose to do that, 
that would mean that all of the children that were sat down here could be protected this year. Just four people. £12 a month makes a massive difference. But it can only make a difference through the local church. And it can only make a difference if it's supported by prayer. So what we really want you to do is, yes, give to us, but also to pray for us. And if you can't afford £12 a month, you can't afford anything, please, please, please pray. And if you already give to us, thank you. Thank you. Thank you on behalf of Chan. Thank you on behalf of Sumo. Because of your generosity, children and families like that are restored. Children and families, whole communities are being told, you are worth, you are worth, you are precious. Thank you. I'm just going to end in prayer. Lord, you are a mighty God. You're a God that goes before us, is behind us, and is with us. Lord, I pray right now for those children that are vulnerable. I pray for those children and families that are worried about where their next meal is going to come from. Lord, deafen their ears to the lies that they are told. May they not hear anything other than your love for them. And may in some way you intervene and keep them safe. Lord, I thank you for the hearts and the minds of people in this room. I thank you for their generosity. I thank you for the love that they show to one another and to visitors. And I ask that you be with them in all that they've got going on. Lord Jesus, come and do your will with us. Help us find our egg or whatever it is that we've got. And please give us the wisdom to know how to use it and to use it to build your kingdom and your glory. In your holy name I pray. Amen.